Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Say, senor. Dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, on the little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Vladimir Putin, apocalyptic maniac or practical greedhead. I saw that he had to move his yacht. I didn't know Putin had his own giant yacht. He's got his own giant yacht. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to move this yacht. It's a no yacht parking zone. Where did he have it parked? Germany. That's where Putin kept his yacht. That's how comfortable he was with his relationship with the biggest economy in Europe. No wonder he wasn't worried. He had his yacht parked in Germany up until like two days ago. That's how comfortable he was with that relationship. Isn't that amazing? So he flies to Germany to get on his yacht? And then where does he go? Just yachting about? I don't know. I don't know if he ever goes anywhere on his yacht, actually. A whole bunch of your uh, Russian billionaires, though, had their yachts either seized or had to move their yachts in the last 24 hours. Several Aww. yachts got seized. You hate to get your yacht seized. <laughs> and like $600 <laughs> million dollar yachts. I mean, like crazy right. expensive yachts. I don't recall ever hearing about Putin on a yacht. I'm just curious. It could just be an investment since he has uh, he is considered to be the wealthiest man on the planet. I'm sure he has uh, his money in all sorts of different uh, vehicles. And I don't mean literally vehicles, but, you know, places and things. So uh, I think they seized one and I've got the list somewhere, one in Great Britain or in France or someplace like that. They seized these yachts. But I was, uh, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and a couple of lawyers made the point uh, when, when Biden was talking about, you know, we're going to seize these yachts. We don't do that sort of thing in the United States. We have due process. You you can't just go seize somebody's yacht because you think they're a bad guy. You have to come up with a crime they've committed, and it's got to be attached to the yacht to seize the yacht. Well, yes, theoretically, although I do uh, need to bring back to your attention civil forfeiture laws, which are still wildly unconstitutional and, and awful. But, yeah, I see your point, although... I know we are seizing all sorts of assets in the United States. Oh, good. I don't mind seizing our assets, but, you know, you can see how that thing could drift very quickly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I I tweeted the other day, uh, a power granted to the government is a power used, and a power used will eventually be a power misused. It's just, it's it's a truism. Zelensky's out with with a statement uh, just a moment ago. We are a nation that broke another nation's plans in a week. Maybe it sounds better in uh, Ukrainian. Yeah, I got some uh, serious worries about what next week is going to bring. Boy, I do, too. I, 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 you know, you want to be uh, excited about their uh, their resilience and bravery and all that stuff, and all that stuff is 1,000% true. Mm-hmm. But um, I was reading one uh, military analyst's uh, view of it in a series of tweets last night who said, look, you know, I don't want to be the wet blanket on this, but... In a week, they have now, they're close to accomplishing cutting off all the ports in the country and surrounding most of the cities. Yeah. this He said, this looks like a slow, methodical takeover a country to me, not a failure. Right. Yeah, I would agree. And obviously, Putin had the intelligence that he could park 
his army along that highway for 40 miles without much risk. Now, on the other hand, there is they are they are struggling. I mean, there's no doubt that this wasn't they, they, Putin can't claim this was part of the plan. Great long report on the tires on the Russian trucks yesterday that I couldn't believe I stuck with as long as I did. Really fascinating. And I missed the Russian tire report. Right, Do tell. Plenty of pictures and videos to back it up. Um, and I had this experience myself recently, so it made sense to me. So I left my uh, SUV parked with the variety of my life circumstances that have occurred in the last 10 months. Um, my SUV was parked all summer long in one spot. Well, apparently, if you have great big giant tires parked in one spot in the sun for a very long time, the tires are ruined. Because they need to rotate. They can sit in the sun, but they need to rotate. Otherwise, one side of it gets baked, and the air, you know, they're kind of squashed down a little bit. It just it ruins the tire. Well, those Russian trucks apparently had been sitting in one spot in the sun for so long during this buildup that all those tires are ruined. And there are hundreds of pictures of these giant trucks where the tires are blown out. And they've got photography of them that show, yeah, it's exactly that. They're all cracked and coming apart. And military people weighed in and said, yeah, that's part of our job in the in the Army, for instance. We have to rotate the trucks around. They can't just sit there all right. the time. There's a schedule for how often you have to move them around so they don't just sit there in the sun with the tires not rotating. The Russians didn't do that, and that's why they can't get those trucks down that road. The tires are coming off, all those giant trucks, and they're just plain stuck. Tonight, we have a fascinating two hours on Chinese windshield wipers. Join but us. Isn't that something, though? It's the classic, <laughs> yes. if not for the nail, the, the whatever that is. Yeah. The boot for was lost. For want of a nail, the shoe was lost, etc. On and up through the horse and the general in the war. And it fits in with uh, what Mike Lines has told us for years, that logistics is really the thing. I mean, that's where battles are lost and won, or wars or lost in one. You can you can sweep in and take a town or whatever, but logistics is where it's at. And that'd be part of the whole logistics thing, having, you know, trucks that are maintained and ready to drive that road. But they didn't have those, apparently. Wow. Well, I, I'm for anything that vexes or somehow injures uh, Putin and his forces. Um, I'm afraid that will be the, you know, the bump in the road. Uh, toward their total domination of the Ukrainian, uh, you know, people and, and country. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the yachts on TV. Man, those are some crazy, crazy yachts. I mean, they are yachts among yachts. Wow, lots of yachts. <laughs> so several, I hear that, brother. I hear that. Several of the oligarchs have come out on the record and said this war needs to stop. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet they're all thinking it. There's no way any of them think this is a good idea, is there? Well, how would you? How would any of these oligarchs with their yachts and their lives and all the stuff they've got, and they've been rich now for, what, 30 years, how would they possibly think, what am I getting out of this? Well, they're not with Putin. They're not in bed with Putin because they think he's a nice fella. It's because it's a gravy train. And uh, you take the gravy train down to the water and jump on your yacht. Uh, so, yeah, I'd imagine they're, they're rather uh, disturbed, especially if they had most of their assets, and all of these guys, this is true, had most of their assets in the West, whether bank accounts, apartment buildings, yachts, etc. It would seem that the two-thirds of a trillion dollars that Putin had built up to be able to withstand sanctions, he can't get access to anymore. Because the uh, the way we've attacked all the banking and everything like that. So they're in tough shape. Over time, as Joe Biden said last week, I thought it was a little too cynical for the time that he said it. But as he said last week, you know, wait a couple of months. 
Uh, doesn't do you any good if you're a, a mom with her two kids down in the subway of uh, Kharkiv right now. No, at this point, I think it's it's much less about Ukraine and much more about uh, other conquistador countries taking note of what happens. Million refugees fast in, in a week, in seven days, a million refugees. That's really oh, quite stunning. Millions more to come. Sure. No doubt. Want to start the show officially? I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, March 3rd, the year 2022. You knew in 20... You knew? Knew you in 22. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show officially, then, according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. And now, as you can see, in my old age, I had to take up arms. I have this rifle. We will try to get more weapons, even if they don't bring them to us. We'll do it ourselves. We'll kill the enemy and take their weapons. They're a tough people. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, most everyone in the world would fight hard for their country. For their home, right? For their home. Maybe not the French. I don't know. But, oh, uh, wait a minute now. Way <laughs> out of bounds. That was out of bounds. Tweet. Really? Throw a flag. <laughs> 15 yards. That was a terrible whistle. Uh, but this is a people that have been used to fighting for their country for a thousand years. It's in their blood. It's in their lore. It's in their songs. It's in their dances. It's in their everything. Right. There aren't radio shows in Ukraine talking about their self-indulgence and decadence and how their kids are slackers. I was watching a bunch of young guys who are like um, machinists. You know, they, they, make, they, make, they make stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've turned their attention to making all kinds of obstacles for tanks and trucks. And that's what they, uh, they do now. And they make these twisted, sharp-ended metal things that they can put in city streets to make it very difficult for the trucks to roll through. And that's, that's what they do for a living now. Then you have the brewers who are making Molotov cocktails with uh, the, with the label on it that calls Putin a uh, DH. <laughs> well, you got to love the spirit. I don't think that's right. <laughs> There's no need to get personal. Exactly. I think so, that's bullying. So awful. <laughs> um, got a bunch of other... Uh, News items for you today and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. It will not all be international tragedy. We make you that pledge. There's plenty of international tragedy. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. So I watched several videos yesterday of humiliated Russian soldiers calling back home. That, mm-hmm. That's a thing now. Yeah. And it's for real. And you, know, you don't know what's real and what's not. This definitely would seem to be real. They, they get these Russian soldiers who had no idea what they were about to do. They were actually convinced that they were going in to liberate Ukrainians from a Nazi government. And they're getting there and finding out uh, that's that's not the case. Yeah. So a good video yesterday was on the news of this Russian soldier calling back home and breaking down and crying, talking to his mom. But as Tim Sandifer said, how about we stop showing the faces of these men? We're almost certainly going to face they and their families. All kinds of horrible... uh, revenge from Putin by sure. having their faces on TV. No, no, no. You're trying to win a war. You can't be worried. about These soldiers are there to kill you. I suppose you can't be worried about them. Well, and if that guy gets punished, I feel terrible about that, but I'm trying to save my country. Right. Signed, yeah. Ukrainian. I've switched sides all of a sudden. There you go. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's terrific. Very good. The folks weighing in. You can get an email in. Last minute, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, something how uh, uh, Ian Bremer... 
quoted somebody smart yesterday on funny how the war in Ukraine has ended COVID. Doesn't it almost feel that way? Like it just obliterated it from the planet for the most part? Unless you live in San Francisco or Los Angeles and yeah. a couple of other blue cities where they are as culty and obsessed and idiotic as ever. Weird. We got more on that on the way. All that stuff. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. So nobody's going to be more shocked than Joe that I say this. I want to talk about some stupid crap Joe Biden said in the State of the Union address. Good Lord. I know. I don't watch the State of the Union address. I think it's anachronism. It's dumb. It shouldn't exist anymore. But he said a couple of things. Well, he said a couple of things that were stupid and didn't say a couple of things he should have that are really important. Maybe we'll get to that later. Also, perhaps... Perhaps the dumbest guesses in the history of Jeopardy. Oh, I saw this. occurred the other night. Oh my! Oh my is right. Oh my! I hope they have a minder to get them home. Those people. I'm just glad that people who watch Jeopardy every day got the chance to feel superior to somebody. <laughs> no offense. Um, I, I, here's your freedom loving quote of the day. I'm not kidding you. It gave me chills. I've decided that for at least the rest of the week, if not the month, uh, the freedom-loving quotes of the day will be from Volodymyr Zelensky. He said not very long ago, if we come under attack, if we face an attempt to take away our country, our freedom, our lives, and the lives of our children, we will defend ourselves. When you attack us, you will see our faces, not our backs, but our faces. That's some good stuff. Wow. That's uh, like you put on the bottom of a statue long after this is over stuff. Or or you could have left like our president told you to do. Yeah. Hey, get out of town. That's what I would do. Flat so, hide. You we'll start a government in exile. Politicians look out for themselves. Don't you understand? Yeah. The captain's first off the ship that I had a bit of care. Here's your mailbag. Darren writes, isn't Kamala racist? I mean, if some old white dude was asked by that radio show, an urban radio show, to break down the Ukraine situation for the audience, and the old white dude said what she did, he'd be canceled. Seriously. What did she say? So, Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. What's the racist part? Uh, condescending that much, assuming oh. that the people listening to a oh, heavily gotcha. uh, black audience uh, radio station would be that uninformed and dopey. <laughs> By the way, have you seen this? I didn't catch it. So we played the clip a bunch of times yesterday where Biden accidentally said Iranian instead of Ukrainian, and Kamala's sitting behind him and mouths the word Ukrainian. Like, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> What's what's so weird <laughs> is that she felt that compulsion to say the word correctly. Ukrainian. Well, she's a dope. I'm I'm now yes. convinced she's just plain ass dumb. Yeah. She's not just phony or any of that stuff that I was accusing her of. I think she's a dumb person. 
You know, we, we ought to get to the mailbag because it's very good. But I was told by people I know and trust who worked with her, they said, she's not real bright. And I'm like, no, that can't be. You're just being a partisan or whatever. Because, you know, we all have flaws. I thought my friends were just overstating of it, overstating the situation. But no, I just... I think, A, she has no political instincts uh, beyond the obvious. She'll get a slogan and decide it's a good idea. And she just she has no emotional intelligence. Man, you can go a long way in politics if you've got a great smile, good hair, and a symmetrical face. It's amazing. A- add to that a couple of ethnic boxes to check, and you got a real winner here. Uh, and we do have some uh, really interesting correspondence on the topic of Ukraine. But uh, first, this... Uh, uh, Semper File Anonymous uh, writes, Crime? What crime? Nothing to see here. Heard your commentary about the crime explosion. I work for one of the big box home improvement stores here in Cal Unicornia. The thieves have figured out that the courts, the DAs, therefore the cops won't do anything about theft under 950 for sure. They just load up carts of tools, chainsaws, even water heaters, just head out the door to the awaiting getaway vehicle. Loss prevention gets pictures, maybe video, can report what they can, but they can't stop anyone unless they be charged or sued or both. Think that might add to the inflationary pressures when corporations are forced to raise prices on everything to cover the massive losses? Just saying. Mm. It can't help. I don't know if that's 1% of the problem or 22%, but it can't help. Speaking of prices going up, something Biden absolutely should have said in the State of the Union address if he actually was addressing the nation and wanting to talk about the state of the nation, among other things on the way. If you miss an hour, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The U.S. now threatening to seize the assets of any Russian oligarch, wealthy businessman with ties to the Kremlin, that violates its sanctions. We will freeze and seize their yachts, their private jets, their opulent estates in world capitals. The U.S. not releasing new names yet, but this week the EU sanctioning 26 individuals and one company. Among them, the CEO of the state oil company, Rosneft, another man known as Putin's wallet, and the insurance company Sogaz, partially owned by a close Putin ally. Some Russian oligarchs are calling those sanctions unfair, others now publicly calling for an end to Putin's war. Unfair. Oh, fairness is your thing. All right. Oh, no. Sorry. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, you're big on fairness, are you? As a Russian oligarch who lives off the kleptocracy of a murderous madman. Hey, that's not fair. Hilarious. Wow. That's rich. Forbes is reporting that Alisher Uzumov had his $800 million yacht seized yesterday in Germany. $800 $800 million. Wow. So with a paint job and maybe add a little stereo or something, you could have a billion dollar yacht. What is, what, what, what the, what the hell? <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even imagine what that's, what that is. Can't even imagine what that is. At some point, and we've seen this with other yachts, like what's his name that runs Saudi Arabia. Uh, at some point, you're just like adding on expense. Like you probably offer, can, can I pay a hundred thousand more for that? Like you want your yacht to be more expensive than the other guys. Yeah. It's not yeah. to get more stuff. I mean, you run out of stuff to get, don't you? You can only have so many helipads. And, uh, you know, the TV can only get so big. I mean, what are you going to do? 
Well, I don't know. You, do you have your couch made out of uh, panda skins or something like that? I mean, you, I don't even know. All of the railings are ivory, 100% illegal ivory. So enjoy that. Uh, I don't know. What's, what, how, when does a boat become a yacht, by the way? All this yacht talk has made me want to look into owning a yacht. <laughs> I hear they're expensive to maintain, too. I know nothing about this. I don't know when a boat becomes a yacht, because like our buddy Dave, who lives on a boat, that's a pretty damn big boat. It's fine. He, he lives on it. I would think if you could live on it, it ought to be a yacht, but I don't know. I don't it's know. It's got to have a bathroom big enough that when you open the door, your wife doesn't say to you, Are you serious? I'm going to pee in this. I mean, it's got to have like a bigger bathroom. You think that's the key, the size that's of the bathroom? The, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, I had one more thing on the yachts and the oligarchs. What was that with the big boats? And freeze the freeze and seize till they say G's from their knees. Um, I don't know. I'll think of it later. Okay. Uh, getting back to mailbag, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, just because it touches on a couple of angles of this story that I think are worth considering. Uh, Eric writes, just saw on CNN that the Russian oligarchs own 30% of Russian wealth. The best number I could find for the U.S. was that the top 1% owns 43% of the wealth. Uh, I would point out that the top 1% of Americans is, uh, you know, roughly 3.4 million people. And I don't know how many Russian oligarchs there are. Are there like four or are there 40? I have no idea. The top percentages pay almost all the taxes also right, in this right, country. It, right, exactly. As Whereas, well, yeah, it depends if you're talking about hedge fund guys or whatever. But um, And not to get off on that tangent, I'm sorry that a person will have to... We'll have to have a fundamental understanding of math to figure out this massive difference. Anybody who thinks that big government will, quote, level the playing field just wants part of something they didn't earn themselves. Also, I've never been employed by a poor person. P.S. I'm waiting for Jack to announce that he's going on leave from the show to go fight in Ukraine. Until then, I'll just keep enjoying the rants. Um, I remember what I was going to say. So you remember Navalny, who's in prison currently and has been poisoned twice, I think, as a want to be political opponent to Putin, but Putin keeps trying to kill him. Right. His original claim to fame was he outed all these oligarchs and posted online pictures of their estates and yachts and all that sort of stuff. That's how he originally rose to political power. I'd in forgotten Russia. that. Yeah. Huh. And for that, he has uh, nearly died twice, and he's currently in a prison clinging to life, according to reports. And has taken more beatings than he can probably count. Uh, got this nice note from uh, Scott, who says, Gentlemen, I've been listening since I was in kindergarten, and now I'm welcoming my fourth grandchild. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's funny. No, but interestingly, uh, Scott was writing this note uh, yesterday, currently uh, sitting in the hospital with my wife while we await the birth of our first son. Awesome. And he mentions there are a million awesome. things going that through his so head. That is so awesome. It's fantastic. Oh, it couldn't be more fantastic. Can I provide enough for my family? Will I be able to protect this little baby? How can I raise a child in a world that seems to be getting more evil each day? Uh, but then he talks about um, how wonderful and safe it is to be an American, to live in American, uh, live in America. These are such incredible gifts. Uh, I don't doubt that most people want to live in a peaceful world, but Russia's actions in Ukraine show how critical it is to remember that peace must be won. Wishing that human nature will suddenly change will not make it so. Force or the threat of force has been necessary to create any period of relative peace in world history. And uh, he mentions that we need to absolutely be aware of that 
as a country and be strong enough that we don't need to use the military. You know, it's funny. That's not what Joe Biden said the other night. That's what uh, that's one of the things I was going to critique, as many have that flowery stuff about freedom always wins. It does. No, it doesn't. It does. That's interesting. I did. I didn't realize that. It's. It would seem to me that the Chinese people have been under the rule of totalitarians for at least eighty years now, and uh, the Russians for uh, for for as long. Actually, for hundreds of years. Uh, aside from a tiny blip in time between czars, communism, and Putin, they haven't been free. For like 500 years. Yeah, what a ridiculous thing to so say. So why say that sort of stuff? I understand why Zelensky's saying that sort of stuff, to rally his people and fight. But why is our president saying that to people? No, you have to fight for this sort of thing. You have to, you have to defeat the bully, or they get to determine how you're going to live. If it were not for the Army, Air Force, Marine Corps, Navy, Coast Guard, we would be speaking a different language, folks. Say that. And our commitment to those services. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, Jack has more criticism of the president and his fine speechifying coming up in a moment or two. Uh, a couple more thoughts on Ukraine. Scott, thanks for the nice note. He also talks about you know how we've been open about our successes, challenges, and failures as dads and that sort of thing. And so it's, it's our pleasure, Scott. Good luck uh, with that incredible blessing from heaven. Uh, is this doable, writes Barry from Thailand? Uh, is uh, doing a type of Berlin airlift thing doable? Can't let Putin starve out the Ukrainians. Uh, yeah, in, in one form or another, sure. Yeah, we're doing it now, as a matter of fact. Oh, hey, what the, are we... the reason he's trying to get all those ports now, when you look at the map, it kind of makes sense why he is where he is and what he's doing. He's, he's going to get all those ports, which is where a lot of stuff is coming in from. And uh, choke off the country. A slow, annihila- a slow annihilation. That's what our uh, Pentagon said he's up to. Yeah. Uh, frequent writer, seldom read Dave. Well, Dave, congratulations. Uh, why don't we just take a pooj- uh, page out of the Putin playbook? Remember when he invaded Ukraine the first time and then claimed, those aren't my soldiers? We should send in some Reaper drones, take out the columns of tanks, and then like Shaggy and Putin claim, it wasn't me. He signs off. <laughs> Shaggy, it wasn't me. W-W-T-O-Y-B-A-I-W-T-B. When will the oligarchs' yachts be auctioned? I want to buy. Oh, that reminds me. I, I bought my uh, island out in the Pacific where I will allow the oligarchs to park their yacht and avoid uh, confiscation uh, for a fee. Read the fine print. You leave it there for a year and don't claim it. It's mine. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that's the way that worked. Fair is fair. And then this from devoted listener uh, Patty. Actually, we got a note from uh, John with no H. I'm willing and ready to die for Ukraine. He wants to go fight. He's serious. Hmm. And then this. Guys, four hours of Russia and Ukraine, too much. Spend some time with four-year-olds. Read joke books, splash in the bathtub, or send Michael through the car wash in a convertible. Whatever it takes to lighten up. After two years of COVID, we need to laugh now and then. Uh, I agree, Patty. I hear you, darling. So, uh... Do you think there's any chance we do have some like special forces on the ground, or would that just be too damn dangerous if if we got caught? It is entirely possible we have some of our nastiest and most capable contractors on the ground that are wearing a corporate symbol on their sleeve, if indeed they're wearing anything, as opposed to the the stars and stripes. Because according to Ian Bremmer, we got in like 200 Stinger missiles just yesterday. All of those with the ability to bring down some of those Russian planes that are flying over and bombing indiscriminately. 
or take out the tanks that are rolling into town and that sort of thing. And I just wonder if we got some of our best people in there handing those out and training people up. I don't know. Yeah, like I say, I have a feeling we have some former uh, U.S. service people doing the work. Gotcha. So, you know, the old plausible uh, deniability that seems important for some reason on the world stage. Um, one major. If we're, play, if we're paying them through the Pentagon payroll process and they get a W-2 that says United States Army, that's out of bounds. If the Department of whatever the heck is writing them a check on a, a biweekly basis, that's fine. The, the world is strange. <laughs> um, one more critique of the State of the Union address that I didn't watch. Uh, and what they're calling the dumbest two minutes in Wheel of Fortune history. <laughs> It is shockingly dumb. If, if <laughs> this if poor you, woman, her name is out there now. Gosh darn it, she's got a you know she's probably got a husband and kids and a life and a job. Oh. She made a couple of bad guesses. She was nice. the lights got to her. Sure, yeah, yeah. If only she had a couple of brain cells to rub together oh, too. Wow, more snarkiness. Have your, have your horse listen. It won't be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, stay tuned for those things. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden delivered his first State of the Union address. Biden spoke for 62 minutes. Well, actually, he spoke for 10 with 52 minutes of clapping. Biden's speech aired on every major TV network. When they heard Netflix was like, see, this is why we can charge whatever we want. (laughs) That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Oh, that reminds me. I, I, I mean, I, I swear I'm going to check out that uh, summer of summer of funk, summer of uh, what is it? That music documentary about that big uh, music festival in Harlem in '69. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but it's on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's pretty interesting, and interesting that it didn't get that it got so little attention. But anyway, uh, Lisa Murkowski, summer of soul. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Lisa Murkowski, senator. Republican says banning Russian oil imports worth the hurt of higher gas prices kind of fits in with one of my critiques of Joe Biden's speech that I didn't watch. I took in some of the echo chamber writings and uh, and, uh, podcasts yesterday. A couple of different things that people pointed out already mentioned the whole freedom always triumphs over tyranny in a standing ovation. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Chairman Mao is holding his belly and laughing in hell at that statement, I among wish it, many others. I wish it did, but it just doesn't. And it, this kind of fits in with this. And this is actually from Jonah Goldberg. And I, I, I said that this is the way I felt. When I tuned in and I saw the b- blue and gold and the way they were backs laughing and laughing and it got their little Ukrainian flags, and it just looked so phony and performative to me before it started. And maybe I'm too cynical. Maybe Jonah Goldberg's too cynical. I'll read this for you. I didn't like the way he talked about Ukraine. Sure, he paid some moving tributes to Ukrainian courage, but man, how hard is that? There was a certain 
parasitic quality to the rhetoric in in which America leeches off the glory and bravery of people standing up to potential annihilation. I'm glad we're doing what we can for the Ukrainians. I'd like to do more short of joining a shooting war. But neither America nor the Biden administration are heroes in this unfolding story. We're merely recognizing who the heroes are while we cheer and help from the sidelines. That is exactly the feeling I had. The parasitic quality trying to leech off the glory. God, Swalwell standing back there with this flag wave, and I just thought, you've, have you ever done anything brave or heroic in your life? Ah, it just makes me sick. Well, he bravely took on that Chinese spy and sacrificed his very loins to get to the bottom of her nefarious scheme and to get to her bottom. And it's a fair criticism to say to me, Jack, Jonah, what do you want him to not wear blue and gold in support or not cheer? That's what it's, and I don't even exactly know if I have a response to that, but just it just felt phony. And again, maybe I'm just too cynical. I don't know. I'll move on from that. I thought that was well written, though. Yeah. Uh, another uh, quick thing, and this is kind of a throwaway, but the, the president and Democrats say this all the time. We rank 13th in the world in infrastructure. I've gone through this I don't know how many times. Uh, Wall Street Journal did a giant. I actually, it was the Washington Post. That's why it was so important. The Washington Post did a giant piece on this in the last couple of years as we were doing all the infrastructure talk. We actually don't. Among the 10 largest countries in the world, which is the way you should measure it, because having more good roads than us when you have 100 miles of roads shouldn't <laughs> count. We are number one among the 10 largest countries in the world for, infra- for infrastructure. And all kinds of different measures. We are so far from being bad at infrastructure. It's, it's, it's laughable to claim otherwise. Right. So there's that. Fix what needs fixed, but quit with your phony pleas just to get trillions of dollars more out of the poor taxpayers and the taxpayers' grandchildren since a lot of it's borrowed. And as I said, I took in a lot of punditry that agreed with this and that, uh, uh, this has bothered me for years. This is a problem I just think we, we have in our politics in general. No leader is ever asking us to do anything. It's all about what they can give us. Everybody's just trying to give us stuff. And he didn't level with us about the price of energy at all. All those companies, BP, all those companies canceling those contracts, you know, they're 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 hoping to get the sheen of we're doing the right thing and don't want to be in bed with oligarchs. The closer to reality is probably that they can no longer collect money. There's no way you can do business in the, in Russia. Oh, with, my gosh, that's right. With the of way the, way the sanctions are occurring. So, eh, anyway, with all of these companies canceling all these contracts, not to mention all the other aspects of the energy and sanctions and Nord Stream going offline, energy prices are going to soar. And the president did not, did not he, he could have taken the enthusiasm for supporting Ukraine and easily pivoted in. You might be asking, what can you do to help the Ukrainians? Well, this is what we're going to do. Gasoline prices are going to get higher. It's just a reality. But that is the part we're going to play on the world stage to try to help support the Ukrainians' brave battle against this madman. You know, that sort of thing. But we're never asked to sacrifice anything. Well, right. And getting back to the word performative, it occurs to me that that what the president was doing was, uh, and 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 this has become the reason why the State of the Union address really needs to just end. It's now a, a performance. It's like a uh, an Olympic figure skating performance or a some sort of pageant where you do your little dance or you twist and you flip in the air and then you get your grades. 
And anything that will sacrifice the grade you get from the punditry, the mainstream punditry, you're not going to do. I mean, to bring up something really unpleasant like skyrocketing energy costs and what that's going to do to inflation and standards of living and say, look, there are going to be costs to standing up for Ukraine. We want to level with you. And you might even think about saving instead of spending on non-necessities if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Be a little more, God help me, FDR in fireside chats, a little more realistic, a little more this is going to be hard, and a little less just bull-ass. Yeah, and um, bad politics also. So not only was that not an opportunity to warn people, look, high prices are coming, but here's why they're going to be higher and why you might you know, be okay with it. It's bad politics in that since people haven't had that explanation, gas prices and all energy prices are going to skyrocket, and he's going to get dinged for it. Right. Whatever. Okay, so you're a bad politician. Did you know that Joe Biden is currently lower than Trump at the same time in the average of all the major polls. Wow. In the individual poll, he's still like a point higher. But if you do the average of major polls, he's a point lower than Trump was. I said, you're kidding me. Isn't that incredible? Wow. So, yeah, not leveling with us in the speech. It's terrible leadership. It's bad politics. It's an odd oversight just from a logical point of view. It's a, his team is awful. Yeah, that was the perfect opportunity to lay that on us, too. Right when you had everybody swelling with hope and pride and, you know, wanting to support the Ukrainians. Okay, here's what you can do. Right. And when you see gas prices higher, that's why it's happening. That is the sacrifice we have to make. And it's a small one to defend these brave people and freedom all over the world. No, he didn't even bring it up. No, just a list of things we're going to give you. I'm telling you. Anyway. Oh, we didn't get to Jeopardy. Dang it, though. Dumbest two minutes in Jeopardy history. I was going to jam that in. I feel bad. Some of you stayed tuned through that crap to hear the Jeopardy stuff. Oh, you liar. You lying liar. You're no better than Biden. What are your <laughs> approval ratings? Huh? Answer the question. Wow. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.